Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Roisin. And welcome to the Fitness Fertility Podcast. This podcast is all about how improving your physical fitness can help support you on your very own fertility journey. I'm a personal trainer who specializes in training women with fertility problems. I myself have PCOS and have had two beautiful boys, and I'm on a mission to help you do the same. Before we get into it, we will be discussing adult themes such as where do babies come from, pregnancy loss and bereavement. We may also be sweary from time to time. We are optimistic, lighthearted girls, but we know this is a really stressful time for some of our listeners. We respect that. In this week's show, we are preparing for Christmas. I can't believe it. It's the middle of November and here we are. There are so many memes going around Instagram about <laughs> defrosting Mariah Carey. Have you <laughs> yeah, seen there those? Are. It's funny. It's funny. <laughs> Yes. Like, I'm ready. I, like, I'm ready. <laughs> Halloween is I, over. Right. It's November. We're talking about this for good reason today, as you will find out. But um, as, as our regular listeners will know, I'm not a fan of talking about Christmas before December. But this is how important this episode is. I have come around because what we're talking about today is important and we're going to do it. And Maria did need a little bit of persuading. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I really think you have to prepare for the big occasions. And I spend a lot of my time trying to be really good in terms of my exercise and my food, as, as anyone who listens to the podcast quite regularly will know. And the problem with something like Christmas is by early November, roughly around this time of year, I always think to myself, is it worth continuing with the restrictive diet exercise plan because you know by the end of this month I'm going to start drinking more I'm going to start naturally eating more going out more putting my exercise and food goals on ice and we'll come back to them January 1. It's like you know that you're going to fall off the wagon so you just blow it up in advance and you just think I'll just rebuild it later. It's more like you just roll off the back of the wagon. <laughs> Lots of people think like this well why bother because you know, in a couple of weeks time, I've got my office party and then me and my besties are going out for our annual Christmas dinner and everyone's bringing sweets into the office. So why bother? The reason that we're talking about this today, though, is actually inspired quite a lot by my clients as well, because so many of them are having IVF January. And one of them's just found out in this last week that she might be having her next cycle just before Christmas. It's one of those where nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened, and then boom. They were like, right, are you coming in this week? Yes, Christmas can be really difficult, but actually for a lot of people, they are preparing for the next round of IVF, and it's coming really soon. Some people don't have, if you like, the luxury of letting it all hang out and just thinking, fine, I'll start again in January, because their IVF is in December or January. And not only for the people that are preparing for IVF, I think it's actually a really good practice to plan for this kind of thing. This is how I got through last Christmas and Christmas before. I literally diaried in everything that I had to do, everywhere I had to be. And I planned for it because a couple of years ago, I put on so much weight between November and the end of December that 
the journey in the early part of the next year was so great that I swore I was never going to do it again. And just because you have a couple of nights uh, dotted in your calendar doesn't mean that you have to actually wholesale take two months out. Today's show is all about how can we best manage our own expectations of what we can reasonably achieve. Manage others' expectations because, again, there's always pressures to have that extra mince pie, that extra drink, and how to still enjoy the festive season without being completely taken over by it. Rachel, I'm really glad that you shared your story because what I was going to ask you was, what was your why? Why did you decide to change things? And I'm guessing for you, it was the kind of pain point of, it's a real shame to put all this weight on and then I'm going to have to lose it all again anyway. And that's really hard. So would you say your why was to try and avoid pain? It was two things. I was really doing well. I had lost a certain amount of weight. Physically, I was in great shape. You know, I really was. And I think I overlooked forward to it. When you think I'll diet, I'll get down to a certain weight or a certain size, we'll say, and then I'll eat everything. (laughs) You know, like it's the reward, which I know sounds ridiculous. We all do this. We all think, oh, you know, I'm going to get to a great, I'm going to get into those jeans and I'm going to show everyone and then I'm just going to let loose. And that's actually what happened. I wanted to get really nicely ready for Christmas. I I see a lot of family over Christmas and I go and see my friends and stuff and go to different countries. I'm very lucky. So you kind of want to look great. But the minute I saw these people, that was it. I was just going to eat everything around me. And oddly, because I'd say I probably, my metabolism was a little low when I was doing it and I was used to eating a lot less food. I put on just a ton of weight. I had lost weight over the year and I had literally put on every pound by January 1. I remember thinking I really didn't need to start from November 1, which is what I did. (laughs) I should never use food as a comfort or as a reward for for good health, because that is something that I've really tried to move away from, to try and seek joy in other places than the chocolate. I've yet to find many places. (laughs) Yeah, when you know, could you tell me? (laughs) So I learned the hard way. And I don't want to face that January again. So now I strategically plan for this point in the year and still enjoy it, but I plan for it. One of the first things I would encourage our listeners to do is to just sit down and remember their why. And the why is the the emotional fundamental reason why you're doing the workout, why you're, like you've just said, maybe setting boundaries. And for most of our listeners, I think the why will be ultimately having your baby. That's what the why is for people. What I would suggest is start this whole kind of festive season, grab a cup of tea, sit down and remember your why. But don't just have it as a fleeting thought. Try and be a bit more active with it. Do or make, if you can, something physical. I know a lot of people enjoy uh, vision boards if they don't find it too difficult, a kind of activity to do. Writing in your diary can be a massive one. We're always talking about journaling, which we fully support. Even just the act of sitting down and writing in your journal, this is my why. It makes a massive, massive difference physically write it somewhere, make it visible if you're you're comfortable doing so, because nothing helps you forget your why faster than that little Bailey's hot chocolate or, you know, the glue vine that you get around the Christmas markets. It's very easy for you to suddenly just forget why you're doing everything. It's so hard to run against the crowd, isn't it? Everyone's like running one way and you're either stuck still or actively moving the other way. And it can be 
a bit of a torture, really. There's no way around it. It's really important to keep that why front and center and to understand that this isn't forever. Mm-hmm. This is not your last Christmas. This is something that you have to do. It's a bit of endurance and it's a bit of resilience, but you're going to be in a much better place as a result of it. And you can be proud of yourself. And like Coach Bennett said, when she came on the show, she was talking about showing up as though it's going to work, which we've talked about before. And, you know, I know I find that difficult sometimes, but if you can try and show up this Christmas season as though your next round of IVF is going to work, as though the weight that you need to lose is going to work, it will just help you to manage this Christmas season because you're remembering your why, because you're showing up as though I'm going to be able to do this and I'm going to give it my all. And it just really helps you to navigate all the difficult things that might be coming around the corner. And if vision boards aren't the thing that work for you, don't use them. Absolutely. If journaling isn't something that you like to do or want to spend your time doing, don't waste your time. I find journaling much better than than vision boards because when you write stuff down, when you physically have to write down, you have to actually think as you write. And the page is a really great place sometimes to lay down all those ah thoughts. Well, why do I why do I have to do this? And everyone's downstairs and they're on the third bottle of wine. And I've had to pretend that I have to go to bed early. Like, ah, <laughs> you know, raging out a piece of paper is actually really constructive. It gets it out of your body. So it physically gets the thoughts from you onto a page. And for some reason, it's like magic. Once it goes onto the page, you calm down as you're doing it. And then you think, well, they're all going to be walking around like zombies tomorrow. And I'm going to be up at nine o'clock and I'm going to do something to reward myself for holding out tonight. Be that I'm going to go for an early walk. I'm going to grab myself a coffee. I'm going to listen to my favorite podcast or audio book or just the greatest tunes. because. When you're talking about swimming against the tide, you must put in those pressure valves. And that leads me nicely into my next point, which is honesty around habits. What I mean around honesty around habits is, again, I want you to sit down and actively reflect on what Christmas looks like for you. Because if you are, let's say, 35, 40 years old, and for the last 35 years, you have been eating this on Christmas Day, you've been having this pudding on Christmas Day. My personal preference is uh, custard. Not going to lie, love a bit of custard on Christmas Day. It's very unlikely. What are you putting that custard on, Maria? What are you putting that custard on? Do you know what? As a little sidebar here, I can eat custard straight out of the tin. Warm or cold? Oh, warm. I'm not having cold custard. I'm not. You're not an animal. I'm not an animal, Rose. You know, I have standards. Hello, that tin is getting heated. As it's Christmas, I will treat myself to an apple crumble. I love apple crumble and custard. Now, if I'm sitting here saying, you know what, I've been doing really well with my meal prep. I've been eating really well. I know realistically that when Christmas Day comes, I'm going to have an apple crumble and custard. And this is what I mean by honesty around habits. So sit down, think about what Christmas is going to look like for you. Be aware of the habits that you are likely to indulge in. And then we can plan for those. The other thing I really want people to think about is, As much as we love our family, it can be quite triggering being around certain people at certain times of the year. You need to sit down and be honest about that. If Auntie Mary, bless her soul, actually sends you into a bit of a spin and you want to reach for the chocolates, then you need to be aware that if Auntie Mary is going to be there, that same pattern is going to surface. 
And you need to be aware of that. Think about your habits, be 100% honest, and don't trick yourself into thinking, ah, yes, I will only eat salad on Christmas Day when you haven't done that for 35 years. And also being around lots and lots of kids and the joy, and it's don't get me wrong, it's absolutely wonderful. But if you know that that always sends you just for the red wine, Mm-hmm. that's where you go. You have to put alternatives in place. Knowing, hopefully, it's just for this day, it's just for this week, it's just for this month. Because sometimes I think in those moments, we think in largest time scales. I'm always going to have to do this. No, you're not always going to have to do this. Hopefully, this is a very, very dedicated parcel of time. So if you minimize the stress that it's not forever, it's just to get you through, you know your passion, you know this is what I'm likely to do, plan for it and have some kind of alternative in place. And the other thing with these habits idea is that it's not all about kicking negative habits or knowing about what we might call negative habits. What's really cool is you can also start new, really positive habits that will then last you over the coming years. And one of these, which I've started doing is a park run on Christmas day. And I've actually had a year, a couple of years ago, where we did two park runs on the same Christmas day because the two local parks set up that you could do both. Again, what I want people to think about over Christmas is What kind of fitness and health habits have you linked into Christmas Day? In your brain, have you linked it's Christmas Day? No one ever works out on Christmas Day. Just be aware of that because actually you can switch that. Loads of people work out on Christmas Day. They might go and do a community park run. They might go and do a family walk. That's all it has to be. But again, just be aware of the habits that you associate with that Christmas Day. And if they can be turned into positive ones, then do it. And that will then last. Build it up year on year and year and year. And hopefully in 10 years time, you're still doing the park run. You're still doing the family walk. So it can be a really positive time as well to to build up these healthy habits. Research what's happening in your area. Because we always think that we all have to be stuck in all day. Not necessarily true. If you're in Dublin, for example, where I go for Christmas, um, there's a thing called the 40 foot where you literally throw yourself into Dublin Bay practically. (laughs) But there's many of those. A lot of coastal towns have a swim or will have something on. You do it with your family. You could set it up as a family objective to do it. Actually, do you know what? You could start now and say, okay, well, I just need to get around a 5K park run. I want to start training now. Who's with me? Who's going to be out first thing in the morning? Because that will limit people's drinking in the evening. It makes the thing less about the booze and the food and more about the activity and the fun and the novelty. And if you just go, guys, I just thought we could do this. It's going to be a bit of fun. There's loads of things. We're all dressed in Santa suits. We'll run around the park. Why not? It is rewarding everyone having that family time. And it's got nothing to do with consumption. I think part of the reason these community events are coming up is because not everybody goes to church anymore. And this is not me being critical of religion, but if you think back to Christmas, it was very much everybody goes to church. Everybody does the family thing. I'm pretty sure as kids, we the thought of doing anything not within the family unit was very much frowned upon. I'm just having flashbacks to my childhood now, but I think the culture around this is now changing. Just like you've said, there are loads of community events now. And I think people are just beginning to ever so slightly change how they view Christmas Day. And if you just want to be with your close family, by all means, that's absolutely fine. But just there are other things available now to really support people in the community. And it's a lovely thing to do. 
I always take myself off on Christmas morning and sometimes Christmas afternoon to walk off that Christmas dinner, to be fair. Mm. But yeah, absolutely. I think, as you said, it may be as a result of not having those religious ceremonies anymore that people are inserting other activities, which is great. But again, if you want to get out and you want to do something different, you be the organizer. So Marie, mm-hmm. you have to think of your why. Yep. You have to have honesty around habits and these can be being aware of your less healthy habits, but also introducing new habits. And from there, now that you've got this info, now that you've got this data on what's going to happen, you can actually prepare. And what I mean by prepare is set realistic fitness and nutrition goals for the next few weeks. What happens with a lot of my clients is they say, look, realistically, I'm going out with my hubby for our own Christmas dinner. I've got my office party on the Thursday night. Me and my besties are going out on the Friday night. But I still want to stick to my training plan. You know, some of the ladies that I work with have been with me since January, like last year. They've been training for a really long time. So what we have to do is we have to set realistic fitness and nutrition goals. We will have the conversation about the habits. We'll have the conversation about the why and we'll just say things like, okay, For the first two weeks in December, we're going to try very hard to do business as usual because actually your office party isn't until the third week in December. Fine. For the second two weeks in December, the goal might be to maintain. We're not going to try and lose the weight. We're going to try not to put any on either. So we're having realistic goals. And what that means is, you, Roshin, used the word boundaries earlier. It means that You can let go a little bit because you're not trying to lose the weight anymore, but you've still got the boundaries in place that you're also not trying to put on the stone that you've just lost. So we will very clearly set realistic fitness and nutrition goals. And this might mean instead of working out three times a week with two cardio sessions, we're going to drop it to two sessions a week with maybe one cardio session. So it's realistic, but it's still possible. And then again, this isn't just going to be a fleeting conversation. This is going to be, we're writing these down. We're opening the diary. We're getting them in the diary. We're logging them in the app. We're sticking them on the office wall because it just makes it easier to remember to have the one biscuit instead of the two when they're being passed around in the office. So realistic goals that we can actually measure that are in your diary just to help you get through this period intact. It's not only what you do on the day that you are having the party or the evening that you're going out it's how you prepare for the next morning Mm. I think it's so key because most of the damage is actually done between sort of eight o'clock and ten o'clock the next morning (laughs) because you're slightly hung (laughs) over and now I'm going to go for a full fry up because I feel absolutely Mm. appalling so sometimes it's just like knowing when to stop that you've had the party you've had the night out and then just having stuff in the house that you can easily grab that's going to fulfill you, but then keep you on track for the rest of that day. Yeah. It's that thing where you wake up and you just want the sugar and the caffeine oh, because yeah. your, your body's just gone to crap, basically. And the thing with alcohol is that will also affect your blood sugar levels. So it really does have this massive effect. So if you drink, I know not everybody drinks, I you know, I don't drink very much either, but if you do drink, it's going to mess up your blood sugar levels the night before. Some people can't sleep very well when they've had a little drink. That then makes you really tired. You wake up the next day, your blood sugar's gone to pot, you haven't slept. So it all builds up and up and up and it can have a really big effect on how you feel the next day. The other thing I was thinking is though, not everybody wants to go to the Christmas party and it's actually okay to say no. If you really, really don't want to go and if your goals are bigger than the Christmas party, if your next round of IVF is starting, let's say the week after Christmas, 
it might be that just for this year, you just tap out and you just, I don't care if you make up an excuse or if you're honest, it depends who you work with and where you're at in your fertility journey, but it is actually okay to say that you don't want to go. And I just want to officially give people permission <laughs> that you can say no and you can give any excuse you want. The other option is, of course, you can drink non-alcoholic beers, non-alcoholic wines. If you so wish, you don't have to drink alcohol if you're on a night out. And lots and lots of people now are not drinking. And when it does come to fertility, there is no way around it. The less alcohol, the better. So if your next round is coming up soon, I'm afraid I would strongly suggest trying to avoid as much alcohol as you can. Sorry. And some are amazing. The non-alcoholic gins are great. The fake Prosecco, you cannot tell the difference. <gasps> really? Because I do like Prosecco. So this is my hack. So when I was really being quite good a couple of years ago, I remember I was worried because what would happen is that you're going out for your night out for the first time in a long while and you haven't been drinking for a long while because you've been training. And then suddenly you're out in a, a drink situation with drinkers. Yeah. And I can remember being quite worried because I hadn't been drinking at all. So you, you're kind of thinking, well, will I have like two glasses of wine and then like have to be carried out. But you know, that idea that you're really not used to it. I was lucky in that it was a bring your own bottle affair because it was one of those restaurants. And I just may have bought two bottles of wine that particular year, one non-alcoholic, one alcoholic, poured the alcoholic one half in the drain and then filled it up with the non-alcoholic wine and put the screw top back on. So I had watered down my own wine. Wow. So I used that for the restauranty bit. Then I noticed by the time the meal was finished, everyone was quite subtle because they had like consumed a bottle of wine each practically, or I was probably on half or a quarter, I can't remember. And therefore no one noticed that I wasn't drinking for the rest of the night. There's loads of ways you can do it. I think one of the best ways to manage it is to come out the traps slowly, not fast. Okay. Because I have tried the reverse where it's like, I will have three glasses when I will say, no, no more. It's not happening. And then of course I'm trying to convince people to go to, you know, the nightclub because <laughs> it's hard to make decisions at the back end. But this all goes back to that. This is not forever. This is just for now. Yeah. And trying to put that perspective around it. And like Maria said, and Coach Tammy, you have to have faith that you've got a chance and then that's a chance worth taking. And if it's a chance worth taking, it's worth doing it right and doing it well. And this is not forever. Okay. This is just until you take your chance. It's a bit shit that's happening over Christmas. We really hope that's not going to happen to you next Christmas when you are going to dine out like King Henry VIII and we fully, <laughs> fully support you. He is your go-to every time for food, Ruth. Every time. Every podcast to every get that time. thing in, every show. I just have visions of the man just like tearing meat off bones and eating gattos <laughs> with his bare hands and like oh. drinking champagne by the vat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's the kind of life I want to live. <laughs> That's my Christmas. That's it. Just like him. I hear you, Roshan. I'm coming round to yours. <laughs> That's just a it's Sunday in my house, Maria. <laughs> Can we also just link into sleep? Because I had exactly three glasses of wine on Sunday. 
and I did not sleep. And when I say I did not sleep, I got up and I worked in the middle of the night because I did not. I'm not having a moan, but this is happening more and more. (laughs) And it's starting to irritate me. But alcohol and overeating has such an effect on sleep. Yes. Unfortunately, alcohol just isn't good for us. And I really wish it was because, you know, I don't drink a lot, but I do love a little cheeky glass of red wine. But unfortunately, it does completely mess your blood sugar levels. It can have massive effects on things like your body temperature, your ability to sleep. Sleep is good for things like egg quality. Sleep is crucial for your body recovering and repairing. You need to get into that stage four deep sleep. That's when all the good stuff is released. That's when the growth hormone is released. That's when your body repairs itself from the trauma of the day. And again, one of the things alcohol can do is it kind of makes you catnap. It it can make it that it's very difficult to get into that really deep sleep. Your brain will not produce the good stuff if you don't get into that deep sleep. So that's the other problem. So if you're having a lot of nights out over Christmas and you're doing that whole catnap thing, I think maybe I slept and then my alarm goes off the next day, you're not getting into the really, really important part of your sleep stages. Again, sit down on the Sunday, use intention setting Sunday, look at what's coming up in the week and intentionally try and plan around events that you have been invited to. And again, if you want to go to the mall, by all means do, but maybe just be careful on the alcohol, maybe don't have too many of the sugary sweets. But again, the other option is you don't have to go to everything if you don't want to. It's absolutely fine to say no if that's what you want to do. But like Roshan keeps saying, it's not forever. It's just in this season. And as long as you keep your why front and centre and have a few tools available in order to do that, as we said before, things like vision boards, if that works for you, journaling, if that works for you, maybe have an accountability group, get involved with Maria's accountability group, mm-hmm. maybe just have a friend that you can phone if you feel like this need someone there like a coach that can help you use whatever tools that are effective for you that will just keep you on that I suppose straight and narrow because at the end of the day January will be here in a flash and you can be really proud of yourself for your resilience because I can assure you no one wants the results in January that they're going to have but you can hold your head up and say that you did the work you put it in you tried your best. Absolutely. And then you've got no regrets. There's something really powerful in setting intentions and keeping them. And there is also huge power in community, as you know, with your clients. And as I know with the accountability coaches that I have used before, always done better. And I just think it's that you kind of slightly answerable to someone, but also you feel responsible to kind of hold up your end of the bargain. Absolutely. What gets measured gets done. And we celebrate the successes. One of the things that happens when you go through infertility and trying to conceive, your self-esteem gets absolutely smashed, absolutely smashed, because your body becomes front and centre and everything is round. What's wrong with your body? Why aren't your ovaries working? Why do you have endometriosis? Why aren't you getting pregnant? Lots of things can go wrong and you get into this mindset of nothing ever, nothing is ever going to go right. And the problem with that is you don't believe that anything is going to work anymore. So the reason I'm so keen on the coaching calls and the accountability is because we're going to celebrate the fact that you did a workout and you did all three sets in the workout, because it's really important to also try and build up your self-esteem so that, again, that self-belief comes back in. And that's a massive part of what I'm trying to do with women is just create that nice positive space where we can celebrate. Yeah. This Christmas, make sure you know your why. 
Be realistic about your habits. Right there, those key dates that you know you're going to have to plan for. Make sure you get moving. Add in some fun stuff that isn't eating and drinking related. Maybe go for a park run dressed as Father Christmas. (laughs) Track your progress and celebrate your wins. Hugely important this Christmas. This is how you get through the Christmas period unscathed. Well said, Roshan. And and for any reason, if those things don't work, uh, just give me a call in January. <laughs> You're going to need Maria. In the meantime, who will we be speaking to next week? On next week's show, we are talking to Kate Pierce. Kate is a fertility and menopause nurse, and she is also one of the pro-fertility team. So I cannot wait to talk to her about everything she's learned about dealing with fertility day on day. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. Remember to subscribe to get a shiny new episode each week. And please rate, comment and really importantly share with your friends, especially our trying to conceive sisters. You never know who's struggling and they may need that little bit of extra help. This may come as a surprise, but we are not doctors. We strongly recommend you consult with your doctor before beginning any exercise or nutrition program. Get everything checked out first. Your safety is our priority. This has been a Worth a Listen production. <laughs>